This podcast is powered by The Plug. Another episode of Beers, Bourbon, and Whiskey. Of course, man, I got my man Bo in the building. I say. And of course, it's me, Q Lewis, man. We holding it down today, man. This is our fourth episode. We're excited to come back today with some Irish whiskey. All right, so today we got Jameson, or as they call it in the hood, the JMO. <laughs> All right, so if you're not a, if you're not hip to Irish whiskey, basically, it's a whiskey. Uh, brewed in Ireland. <laughs> brewed, I, I did say brewed. Yeah, yeah distilled. Distilled. Yeah, my fault. Uh, Starting <laughs> off wrong already. But yeah, so we're talking about uh, Jameson today, and then we're going to get into some other topics as well, as we always do. So welcome back again. And uh, don't forget, man, to hit that subscribe button so you get a notification every time that we go live. And also follow us on IG and on Facebook at Beers Bourbon Whiskey Podcast. All right, just punch that in and it'll pop right up like both of those pages and keep up with us you know on the go and also if you got comments as you're listening or watching this show right now just put them at the bottom and we will respond we actually do respond to uh, comments and we appreciate those comments so i hope you're enjoying the season so far this is the fourth episode so we're about midway through uh, we do have about eight episodes this season so uh let's uh let's go for a ride so look this is what we're talking about today irish whiskey we're talking about the jameson now um, for one, I'll go ahead and tell you the truth here. This was my uh, this was my choice. I wanted to have Jameson on the show today, and I'll tell you the story about why in just a moment. But uh, what's your thoughts on Irish whiskey as a whole, though, in comparison to like other whiskeys? Uh, I enjoy Irish whiskey. You know, it, it's not one of my favorites, but you know, it, it, if it's there, you know, uh, <laughs> if it's there, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, certain certain brands are better than others or whatnot. But uh, overall, yeah, it's good. I enjoy yeah, it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, what about the glass that you had? Hold it up for the camera. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I got my little glass here for my Game of Thrones fans out there. <laughs> That's what I do. I drink and I know things. <laughs> right. Feel me? Salute to uh, Game of Thrones. I'm not hip, but I'm going to get hip. I guess everybody <laughs> keeps telling me I need to get hip. So now it's, it's eight seasons, right? Yeah, eight So that's a lot of binge watching to do. So I can put that together and try to watch all the Tell the truth, though. Like you watched the first seven and like maybe one episode of the eighth season. Oh, the eighth season was lackluster. Yeah, it was below average. Below average. So if somebody had never watched Game of Thrones, if they watched season eight, they'd be they'd be disappointed. They'd be like, man, this whole whack show, man. Right. I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna check it out, man. I know it's probably a lot of killing and action and shit. So it sounds sounds exciting, but for some reason, I just never got into it. A lot of killing. Yeah, a lot of killing. A lot of killing. Right. Because back in those days, when people wanted stuff, they just took it. Right. I know that's your thing, dog. Set they family up for generations. Set they family up. Uh, all right, so we're going to go ahead and bust the bottle open. I'll uh, I go ahead and tap it and shit real quick. I'll let you do the honors. Um, so, yeah, again, I know we say this every episode, but no, you don't have to spank the bottom of the bottle. That's on the jam. I'll go ahead. <laughs> right. Oh, it's on me? Yeah. All right. We'll go yeah, ahead. You got it. We'll go ahead and pour up my, uh, my one and a half fingers. <laughs> we won't do two all the way. Just a little bit. Smell it a little bit. Now I know that you said that uh, that you don't really like Irish whiskey is not your your go to. Yeah, it's but, not my uh, go to. I mean, I, I don't dislike it. You yeah. know, y'all, it's just not 
It's not gonna be my first choice, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. For sure. How did you come across Irish whiskey though? Like, was it was it an accident or you were just trying it? Like, what was your first experience like? So we had these things, when I was in the military, we had these things called dining ins, right? Okay. You know, you, you, I probably seen the, y'all probably seen the big balls in the, in the movies and whatnot, yeah. you know, the, the fellas bring their wives and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So like the dining ins is just for the people in the unit, right? Gotcha. And I was in the combat arms unit, so primarily just all a bunch of dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just a bunch of drinking and storytelling and whatnot. So, exactly. But um, Sergeant Major came over to me. He's like, hey, sir, try some of this Jameson. You yeah. know, and like I heard it before. I was going to say, had you even heard yeah, it? Yeah, I heard of it before, but like, I ain't never had Jam. Like, I was just like, I don't know about that, bro, you know? <laughs> right. So he's like, no, try it, try it, try it. Yeah. And I got some pictures. I'll have to show you that later. But... <laughs> off camera. <laughs> off camera. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I got going like oh, I got going off the J-Mo, but uh, but uh, um, <laughs> my bad, the Jameson. I know, right? But, hey, uh, I'm telling you, that's what we gonna call it, the J-Mo. <laughs> but uh, you know, but I actually enjoy it too, though. Is it? I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not a bad drink. Yeah, it's know? just not your go-to. Yeah, it's just not my go-to. I feel you. Yeah. So you got turned on because somebody else is into it. Salute. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you take a little swig. Ah, yeah. This is this is my drink right here. A little later on in the show, though. Um, I got a, a little mixture that we go try, um, which uh, shout out to my homeboy Justin, uh, used to uh, be my supervisor many, many moons ago in my corporate life. And, uh, corporate Cody. <laughs> right. And he told me about uh, adding sweet tea to uh, Jameson. So mm -hmm. I tried it one day, and today we're going to try it on the show as well. So if you ever heard anything like that, or even if you haven't, uh, we're going to experience it today. So um, if you're watching this right now, you need to replay it later on. You can go ahead and grab you some sweet tea right now and you make the little mixture because we're going to do that later on. There you go. All right. Now, just uh, thinking about the first experience with uh, Jameson, though, for me, I think I told this story on, a, on another episode as well, but um, I was at this uh, at a, a bar mm -hmm. in Metro Detroit or like, I guess, would that still be? That may be East Point. No, it's on this side of 8 Mile, so that would still be Detroit. So it's in the 8 Mile Grasha area, if you're familiar uh, with the Detroit area that's on the east side. And uh, it was called the Huddle Lounge. So I went there, uh, met a friend there. It's, uh, I think it was, oh, it was two dudes I used to work with, actually. And uh, so we were there, you know, having a good time, whatever. I went to the bar, and, yeah, I was uh, I was hitting on the bartender. And uh, she, and she was like, well, uh, you know, buy her a drink as well. So, you know, me being in a friendly, festive mood back in those days. And uh, festive. festive, yes. So I was like, you know, well, you call it then. You know, what you want to have? And she said, Jameson, now, for you, you had heard of it. For mm -hmm. me, I had never, I didn't know what she was talking about. I'm like, so Jameson? Like, what? No, I, I thought she was playing or something. Like, what is Jameson? Right. Like, I don't even. And see, that's why I told you, like, the, the cultures are so different. Mm -hmm. We came up on, uh, we came up on, on cognac. So if it wasn't, if it wasn't Remy. Uh, Hennessy or uh, Martell, I didn't know what it was. Like I, I just really was ignorant to the fact. So she she told me it was Irish whiskey. I'm like Irish whiskey. Like <laughs> who, who the hell? Like black people drink yeah, Irish whiskey. Yeah. So I'm like, man, let's let's try it. So she's poured poured up two shots, and that night uh, I had four shots. Hey, cause it was it was good. It was it was actually good. Now what I did learn now though for like bourbons and whiskeys. I'm not a fan of taking shots. Okay, I'm about to say, yeah. I'm about to say, you know, you're talking to two fellas that don't really take shots like that. Exactly. Either, so. Yeah, I'm not a cousin to taking shots, so I'm cool. Like I, I'd rather pour up and have me a drink. But uh, I think that was the first, obviously the first and the last time I ever had any kind of whiskey and shots. I believe mm. um, we probably take real, real small drinks and and drink them fast like shots. <laughs> but they're not, they not really shots. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't doing that, right? No, we're not doing that no. <laughs> So yeah, I got I got hip to it from there, 
So I've been I've been kind of liking it ever since. And then I, every now and then I throw a little ice in there. Um, I think it's smooth enough to to go uh, without ice. But what I will say too though is uh is is smooth enough. And this this is something that we will explore in season two. Uh, we're not really going to delve into this in season one. But I think it's a it's a good it's a good accent to uh, some some cigars. Yeah, I think it's a good accent to be, it, yeah. only because it, it's not overpowering. Mm -hmm. So like you can still taste the cigar and uh, be able to drink some Jameson as well. So that's one thing there. We we gonna get into like more about cigars on the next season. So make sure that you do support our podcast so we can come back for next season. <laughs> make sure you do that. But yeah, so um, just thinking back on on that place, the Huddle Lounge, though, right down Eight Mile and Grass Street, East Side of Detroit. I was thinking about that place not too long ago because I actually rolled past it. I'm thinking like, damn, that's where I had my. First, my first drink yeah. of Jameson. I was thinking about it because I knew we was doing the show about Jameson, and then I realized like it's closed. And I'm just started thinking about all of the black businesses uh, in the city. I gotta stop my phone here really quickly. Here we may edit that up. <laughs> but yeah, just maybe. But uh, yeah, so I was thinking about all the black businesses in the city that aren't in existence anymore, though. Mm -hmm. And I just started thinking about black business overall. And I, I, this is a question I want to ask you. I don't, I don't even know if we can obviously come up with an answer uh, within this little 30 <laughs> or 40 minutes. But, I mean, with black businesses kind of like on a decline, I, I would think, I feel like, well, brick and mortar black businesses mm -hmm. anyway. Right, right, right. With the men on a decline, like, what do you think the black community can do to kind of save the, like, the black business? We got to support, first of all, man. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and like I get it, you know, sometimes the customer service ain't the greatest. <laughs> Sometimes we got to pay a little bit more money, yeah. you know, um, and, and and for those that can't afford to do that, like I get it, you know, your situation is your situation. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, support can be even like if you scroll down Instagram, you see a black business just hit, hitting the like button, yeah, you know, just sure. to kind of put it out there. I mean, you, yeah, they would like you to probably buy stuff and things like that. But, you know, we, if you put them out there and put the word out there, too, that's yeah. going to come. So I mean, I think that I think the number one thing we need to do is just support. And there's apps out there for that stuff, bro. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, I get I get a little ping when I get to a new area to alert me to all the black businesses in there. Really? Is that the, is that the buy black? It's called uh, Official Black Wall Street. Oh, Official Black. Yeah, Wall but Street. then there's you know uh, WeBuyBlack.com. Yeah, WeBuyBlack.com. Yeah, and so, like, what was the other one? Official Official uh, Black Wall Street. Yeah, Official Black Wall Street. Make sure you check those out. Most definitely. And then um, and then y'all check us out and sponsor our show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can. I went to WeBuyBlack.com and like I get, you know, I don't buy Tide anymore. I get laundry detergent that you know is some black, you know, a black yeah. company somewhere. Okay. Like so, you can you like type in, you know, search. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna need this. Blah 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 blah. And if they have it there, they'll list it by phone. Yeah, they'll oh, find okay. you one. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Mm -hmm. So you've been doing it ever since you found yeah, out. Right? Yep. Yep. So you ain't messing with the Tide. No, I ain't messing with the Tide no more, cause no. Nope. Do you remember the the name brand of the the black? Uh, company, or? I, I don't. I don't. I should. I should know that. <laughs> I shouldn't know that. <laughs> put you on blast. Yeah, put me on blast like that. But but, uh, but you can we can find out. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check. Yeah, buyblack.com. Go check them out. Official Black Wall Street little app. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, even like the mom and pop, like uh, um, like 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 services and whatnot. Like people okay. do like you know uh, uh business cards, or flyers. Yeah. You know, you know, they just put up. your information in there. Oh. Boom. And pop, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my dog, that's pretty dope. Yeah, though. yeah. It's and it, and it's work. It worked like an app. So like it's 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 got your location. On. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the area, it'll let you. Yeah. If you enable location, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Damn. What kind of okay? Mm -hmm. I just, we need to put our podcast. What's that? What's that? No, that's a dope concept though. I think it's definitely got to be. That that's one thing. That's a one initiative right there. I think 
does have to be uh, avenues like that that'll give you more exposure. And like you said, a lot of times people feel like if I got a product, you should be buying it. And that's not necessarily the case because I know that every product is not for every person. Mm -hmm. But the the idea is if you scroll across and just share it. Right. Like I do that all the time. Like it's people on my on my timeline that I haven't spoken to in years. Yeah. But they post something about their business, and I share yeah, it right quick. Like, yeah. like I got, you may not be able to do something about it, but some, the next person might be able to, you know, invest exactly. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Right. You're talking about Facebook, where you know, what I'm saying you got like five thousand friends. Like, so <laughs> let five thousand people see it. Like, right, who cares? Right. Like, even if, if it's a I mean, you got to have some faith in the product. Right, right. You yeah, share everything. Yeah, but. Put some hot garbage out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't, don't share this. I'm not, not going to partake in it. But um, but definitely, yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the one major things. And, and what what really, I don't know, I guess it kind of messes with me, I guess, because I, I have a business as well. And I feel like a lot of people who have businesses are less likely, which is, mm. which is weird, are less likely to share other people's mm. stuff. Because, and I can understand, like, being scared of, of uh, saturating the market on stuff, but at the same time, if you promote somebody that does something that you don't do, then why not? Why not promote it? Like I don't get it. Y'all yeah, like, can always collaborate on something too, man. Always, you know, right? You know, if you put That's that forward like that, you get together, get together, like, hey, man, you know, you throw me these customers, I mean, I'm gonna throw you five, five, ten percent of those that revenue with that profit. Exactly. You know, and there's all kinds of deals out there. You know, cut like even if, like you said, it's same type of similar industries or whatnot, man. Yeah, yeah just, just you know, link up like Voltron on that boy. You said like Voltron, cause it's the weird thing about black businesses, and, and I'll just go ahead and say it right now: black people in general, um, we feel like everything has been overdone, mm -hmm. and every time, cause I, I feel like that sometimes too. Like, um, like we do t-shirts and hats, and obviously our, our t-shirts. I'll be coming pretty soon. Uh, everyone, everybody loves BBW. Don't forget to use that hashtag. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get some beer, uh, beers, bourbon, and whiskey T-shirts. And yes, there are a million T-shirts. And I don't think that you should be, you shouldn't be like deterred by the level of competition. The only reason I say that is because you can you can be like, oh, I got this shirt idea, but a million people got shirts. And every time I think like that, I just think there's a million hamburgers too, but it's only one. Like it's, it's still a hamburger. At the end of the day, so that never stopped these companies from from making fast food restaurants. So why would it stop me from delivering a product that I think, even though other people have similar products, and I, I think a lot of black people, um, I think we tend to kind of get into that area where we get in a, we get in our own way by thinking like that. And I think that's what happens to a lot of black businesses anyway, is that they they fail because we we allow them to fail. And I think before, because we gonna touch on uh, Black Wall Street a little bit. And, uh, you know, the situation that happened in Tulsa in 1921. We'll give you some background history on that if you're not familiar. But um, I think back in those days when black people were, you know, thriving and businesses were thriving, um, the, the power, the opposition usually were the ones who destroyed those businesses. I think now, I think it's us, bro. I think we're killing our own business. I mean, like opposition or oppressors. Or mm -hmm. white people, I, I, we can't blame them for a lot of our black businesses failing. I think a lot of that is us. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you say know. about that? <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah. I'm not ready to say a lot of it, right? Okay. And and, and only because. All right, enough of. <laughs> I'm not even ready to say that, right? What? Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, because I mean, because we this see is our first difference of opinion. Because we see every day, right, right, right now in, in the United States, in every major city of the United States, mm -hmm. gentrification and whatnot. You know, okay. what I mean? we see that everywhere. Yeah. So, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is 
black people are, are not, everybody is not, they're not all making a concerted effort to, to drive down property values and, 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 and be, you know, uh, uh, have this, you know, uh, uh, undesirable neighborhood or whatnot, you know what I mean? Like, that's not their intention, right? right? And so, to me, I think we need to look at it more, not so so micro, but more macro. Okay. Like, you know, what, what are the situations these people are being in? Yeah. And then what's happening after that? So, you know, a city that, like, like Detroit, you know, where auto industry tanked and whatnot, right. you know, and there was really no secondary or tertiary idea to kind of kind of to build up for that. Yeah. And then we see these same people come in and buy up all the land and do all this and then sell it back to you like at, at these astronomical prices. You yeah. know what I mean? For so sure. and just in case you just in case you're not familiar with gentrification and, and the way you just explained it, it's just like the dope game, right? So that's they, all it is. They give you one example of how sometimes not saying this is right, but definitely what I probably would have done if I was a police officer and it, which is the reason I'm not a police officer. But <laughs> I would, I would definitely, I would definitely steal drug money, and I would definitely probably take drugs. And, and in the event, if I was that kind of crooked cop, which there are some that that exist, but um, I would then sell that that product back to the back to the uh, to the dealers at a higher rate, even though it don't belong to you in the first place. Exactly, you know, and so, that's yeah. exactly what he just explained in gentrification. And so, so, so like, that's that's <laughs> definitely not us just doing that all the time. Like there has to be a higher system that's you know making the conditions right for that to happen, right? So. That's the only reason why I say I'm not saying all all black people like I, I think that behavior is encouraged, you know, about certain things we do, but um, from a macro level, no, I don't think it's our fault at all. Right. Well, I, we got to take some blame though. Yeah. For and on a micro level, yes, right. But not on so a macro. So individually, like I can go to you know my son or my cousin or you know the little dude in the next door to me and share some knowledge with him. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But. Still, even though that happens, unless I'm running for office or I know somebody or whatever, then you know, overlap then like, yeah, the, the macro is system is still what it is, yeah. you know? <laughs> that, that seems a little bit uh, pessimistic. <laughs> is, is that a pessimistic view or it, a, real, it, a realist view? I think it's a little of both, right? Little like, little I mean, you, you realize what it is yeah. and you got to operate within it, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, like, I'm not one to, I don't want to say I don't believe in hope, right? I'm not saying that. Right? <laughs> but I know some people right? say they don't. Yeah, like, yeah, I hope, you know, I believe in hope and whatnot, right? <laughs> right? But I think people can get so tied up in the hope sometimes that they really forget, you know, what's actually going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's actually happening right now today, True. you know? And, you know, planning for the future is cool, but, like, like I said, some, you know, like you mentioned, you know, a while back, some right. people live right now. Right now. They ain't worried about tomorrow, cuz. Like, right. we cannot have They can't worry about yeah, right now. Exactly. I mean, the, the future, because right. they got to worry about right now. That's that's definitely the case, man. And I, I think that put us in a position, though. Um, that put us in a, in a tight position, because you want you want black businesses to, to prosper. You want them to grow. and But then at the same time, you do look at the realities mm -hmm. that a lot of these situations aren't attainable because of the environment mm -hmm. and that environment is not always an environment that we created exactly. so uh, when you look at it that way yeah, definitely I can understand where you're coming from and, and even when we did have those environments uh, like say for instance in, in Detroit uh, back in the day when we had Paradise Valley things of that nature you had you had places where black businesses uh, flourished black people mm -hmm. flourished like it was really a thing and I think that kind of um, drips off into something we were talking about before we got on camera too and that was just about you know integration mm -hmm. um i think at those at those times i mean you know things were integrated during black paradise but uh still there was a level there was a level of segregation still i mean and, yeah still detroit was what 85 yeah. percent you know african-american exactly. city or whatnot yeah. so i think even, not higher. right probably yeah, it could have been higher 
But I mean, with with that kind of numbers, they really were focused on black people, though. Black mm-hmm. people were focused on black people, and I think for for us, that was I think that I feel like that was a good thing for the city. Obviously, if you if you know anything about uh, uh, Black Bottom and uh, Paradise Valley, then you know that it no longer existed after they you know ran seventy five through it. <laughs> so that was kind of destroyed by uh, that that macro system you were talking about. But like things like that, I think maybe don't exist now because we've gotten to the point where we got that false belief that we, we've made it to something that we haven't actually made it to. You know, I, I'm glad you said that, right? Because <laughs> I was about to tell you, you know, one of the things I don't like, uh-huh. right, are the black folks is always saying, man, black folks are going to do this, black folks got to do that, black folks got to do this. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, I see you in and out at Walmart or Amazon or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, right. Come on, bro. What are you doing yeah, to yeah, yeah. What are you Come doing on, to man. support? You know, get, like, I shop at Walmart and Amazon, you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, for, for some things, right? right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but, uh... I, I just can't stand when people do that, man. I don't know why they just like, come on, cuz. It's a pet peeve, you Yeah, yeah. Nah, but what what you think about that whole idea of integration? Though? Like, was, was it too soon? Did it happen too soon? Because it's something we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, man, I'm not, I'm not sure if it turned out for the best, if integration turned out for the best. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there's anecdotal evidence, man. Ain't, I don't know if there's, I'm not sure there is real evidence out there, but you see how a lot of these communities were thriving, you know, yeah. During segregation, you know, before integration, all that stuff. Right. And in a lot, in, in a, I don't want to say a lot of cases, but you know, <laughs> we see we see in in some cases where, you know, post segregation, where, yeah, I got <laughs> some more rights. Yeah, yeah, I got this. I can do this. And I can do that. But there's no wealth. You know, there's no businesses. Right. You know, still going to white folks for everything. So like, <laughs> are you really better off or not? You know what right. I mean? Where, yeah. where before. You know, you're just going right down the street to your neighbor. Yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I would say that integration was not a good thing for us. Yeah. You know? You know what I what I think probably would have worked? And obviously, I don't even know how you would articulate this, but um, I think the idea of integration, the, the idea of integration may have been a good idea if we would have been able to integrate and still keep the same, keep the same, uh, the same drive, I guess I would say, as if we were segregated. But yeah, it's I, not I saying. Saying. so like yeah. you take you be integrated to get equal rights and shit. But at the end of the day, like what's the motivation now? Yeah, we yeah. should still have that same motivation to help each other thrive. Mm-hmm. I think that we lost that identity by trying to. I I almost want to use the word conform. Like we wanted to conform to what we figured, figured the American uh, standard was. And the, yes, yes. Like yeah, that, that's like that's the perfect word, right? Because yeah. when you talk about integration and conforming and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and and that's why representation representation is so important. Because when you're trying to go from hey, every I'm black and everything around me is black, to all of a sudden you know that this integration thing is, is a carrot for you. Yeah. And the thing that you constantly see are is. White folks on TV, white folks in the movies, you know, mm-hmm. beauty is white, beauty is this and this and that. Right. And then it's not really integration anymore. It's like right. you're trying to become to more ch- of this. Exactly. And right. losing exactly what, what you are yes. in the past and whatnot. Exactly. You know, yeah. so that's my problem with, you yeah. know, the, the whole integration thing, yeah. right? Because our identity get lost. Exactly, man. Lost. You know? yeah. And some people are going to say, well, you know, uh, uh, well, my mom, my mom grew up in segregation time. You know, you heard her. Right. And like, uh, <laughs> to her, it, it wasn't necessarily. The separate thing wasn't necessarily the problem. Right. It was the equal. Yeah. Right. For sure. You know, like, 
you go to, you know, you know like her, her little bad self, we go, you know, <laughs> use the bathroom in the white's bathrooms and all that right. stuff. But, white you know, yeah, because, well, I asked her why, because it's actually clean. Somebody actually cleans that one. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so, I'll, yeah, I don't think the separate thing is the problem. It's yeah. the equality yeah. part, yeah. the equity yeah. part. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, that's crazy. And then, like, too, before we get too far into it, though, I was just uh, talking about black businesses and just uh, relating that back to Jameson Whiskey. So we're just pretty much looking at the originator or the founder of uh, uh, the Jameson Whiskey is John John Jameson, right? Mm -hmm. John so, Jameson. So then it's, it's John Jameson and son, and though, son. right? And, and why that's important, though, uh, why you should should know the importance of that is that we're looking at generational generational wealth. And I think this is something that I won't even say just white people, but other cultures, period. Yeah have gotten really good at to produce things and then that legacy going on throughout generations. And that's something that's certainly missing from us. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we see it every day in Southeast Michigan, right? Yeah. You know, because Southeast Michigan is the big, biggest population of Arabs outside of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And they put their people on all the time. All you the know, time. You see it on a daily basis. Right, on a daily basis. And we're, it's like, it's, it's weird for us because... We're we're really in a position now to be able to do that. Yeah. Like we're really in a well a, a better position. I won't say like the the best position, but we're certainly in a better position. And just to give you, um, <laughs> uh, sort of an example in an unrealistic way, though, I, I kind of hinted to that uh, earlier. Uh, Sanford and Son, though, right? <laughs> we were off camera. When we were talking about that, but I mean, like you look at it jokingly because obviously it's a you know it's a sitcom. Yeah, yeah it's a sitcom. But, I mean, Sanford and Son, it really is him trying to pass his legacy on to a, a different generation. And I, I don't think that we put enough effort in that area um, in order to try to keep things thriving. Like, I've even had, and, and I think to, to a degree, it's, it's some of us, and I say that, I say us in this generation, because I know some older, uh, older black people who have businesses, and then I know, like, their sons and daughters who don't want any parts of that business. Like, right, I don't want right. to do nothing with that. Like, I ain't, that's not what I want to do. And I, I get that, I, I guess, because I, I don't, I don't want to ever have something pressed upon me that I didn't mm -hmm. want. But at the end of the day, though, like you still got to look at being able to do something with it because it is still a legacy of your of your lineage. Yeah, become a silent partner. A like, silent partner, having or your something. cousins or something around it. Exactly. Not, you know, dude, I don't know. Just don't yeah. let it fade. Yeah, exactly. Don't let it fade. Because I mean, you got people who own who own businesses like. Um, they might have a landscaping business. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you might not want to get out and cut grass and them, but, but like, this is y'all's business. Right. This is, like, your family's business. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not really running it, take some kind of part in it, get somebody in there to run it, and mm -hmm. keep the keep the name going, though. Right. Because, I mean, that, that don't happen a lot. Because you're talking about John Jameson, right, uh, from this Irish whiskey. The date, they, they're dating this back to, what did I say, 1608? Yeah, 1608, like yeah. uh, so it didn't come, it, it wasn't uh, like uh, nationally recognized until like 17-something. I can't remember what I said 1780, I think it was. Uh, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. Here, I want to try to find it really quick because I did. Is it on the bottle? Look at it. Oh, it might be on the bottle. Yeah, 1780. Yeah, 1780. <laughs> so, but we're talking about 16, 1608, though. They were able to keep this brand in their family mm -hmm. for gen. I'm talking to them a lot of generations. Yes. And, and that's what I'm saying. We need to get to a level like that. And we, we look at a lot of uh, whiskeys and a lot of bourbons. And with this alcohol thing, I mean, the lineage runs deep, though. Like, these people usually be, usually still be in power of their brand to this point. I right. mean, some, some of them obviously got 
probably to the 1900s, early 2000, and they may have switched up ownership, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But still, even with that, that's 300 years. Yeah. That's 300 years. So that's, that's at least, yeah. I mean, that's at least three generations, mm-hmm. at least. Like, it could have been some more in there because, you know, people weren't living this long back then. So, I mean, that could possibly be more than, that could be like six mm-hmm. generations because you got grandkids and great-great-grandkids. Like, bro, that could be a lot. And I think that when we look at these stories, I think it's even more it's even more uh, intriguing for me. And it's not even related to liquor, though. It's just the, the, the lineage of things. Yeah. Like, that should be motivation for black people, period. And I, I have to be honest with you. I didn't really get, like, this militant or whatever <laughs> or this interest <laughs> in yeah. culture until experiencing the world, man. Dog, like, <laughs> when it really happened for me, I think I was in the military, man, uh-huh. and just, like, Obviously, you know, that there are certain things that you can and you cannot do while you're in the military, you know what I mean? And just to see how that power structure lie and just like what it what the perceived thought of how someone should be versus how they are and whatnot. And just kind of analyzing that from, you know, because I was an officer to be able to look at it from that standpoint. Yeah. And, um, and, and being in a situation where literally I was held to a higher standard because I was a black officer right. than, you know, my white counterparts and whatnot. Yeah. And like, literally, like, had that happen to my face, yeah. you know, over and over and over and over again. And, you know, and then doing research and reading about it and reading about it and reading about it more. Mm-hmm. And, like, James Baldwin was, was right. No, he was like, correct. Off, you know what I mean? Like, hold no, up, cuz. The more you understand what's going on. That's my dude right here. I used to be Adrian College Carl. Boy, I was at all the parties <laughs> and whatnot. You know what I mean? Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. This and then, like, yeah, you, got to how yeah. work. you know, you drop those ways and you start to get smart and get, and get a little experience underneath you. And you're like, yeah. hold up, dude. Like, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, I get that now. Yeah. And my old man said it too, man. And I know he laughed about it now, but um, like when I first started going to school, I had a different perception of things. And he told me that, like, you know, you'll learn. Yeah. Like, you'll yeah. learn. I mean, basically, we you kind of go in with all the optimism. And then sometimes <laughs> the reality. Just really, uh, for lack of a better term, put you in your place. Yeah. Like a lot of times, reality just puts you in your place, though, and that that definitely has happened a lot. And for for black people that's watching the show, um, I mean white people too, but for black people well, watching really the show, really for black people though, yeah, really for black people. I just really, I I don't ever want you to be discouraged. I mean, I know you look at you look at the things that we had to overcome, or or you know the 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 adversity we had to overcome. And, and it almost looks hopeless. I know a lot of people who feel like, like you know, they're very pessimistic. But at, at the end of the day, though, there is some hope. We just got to figure out a way to put things together. So I, I know I'm going back to the original question about black businesses failing and what we need to do to, you know, kind of mm-hmm. keep those going. I think the first thing and probably the most important thing is what you initially answered that with. And that's just being able to share. Yeah. Because I don't think people understand how important information is. And it's it's just information. Yeah. Like you know what? One day somebody might just want to read a novel about <laughs> you know what I'm saying want to read a novel about uh, mass incarceration, which we have those right now. Uh, those brilliant bastards uh, written by myself, Q. Lewis. Hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. You can tell by the words I use. Right, voracious. <laughs> hey, and straight up though. Book yeah. on point. Cause, check me out. Flipside-inc.com yeah, and those brilliant bastards. Go ahead and check that out. You can Google it and check me out. But uh, it is a, a novel about uh, mass incarceration and its effect on the black community. But, I mean, just things like just running across that. And even if you're you're not a reader, just sharing it. Yeah. Like somebody yeah. who sees it might be like, hey, I want to check that out. 
And not only does it give them some some knowledge, some information, but also it helps out a small black business. So like, you, it's a double win for everybody. Like I said, I if you run across my page, you will see a lot of like things that I've I've shared. Like I might not necessarily have bought everything, but mm -hmm. like I'm gonna share in case you want it. Can I, can I share a quick story real quick? Go ahead. So sure. just got back, just got back from DC. You know, known as Chocolate City and all that good stuff, right? right. So, you know, on, on IG, I, I got win of this, this black-owned business called Mahogany Books. Okay. And uh, I followed them on IG for a little bit, kind of see what they're talking about. Like, real good people, like married, married black couple, you know, okay. owns this business. And um, they got a, you know, a, a real present online business, actually. So, you know, I bought a few books through them online. Oh, one of the ones that you posted? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, before that. Before that. I actually okay. bought these in person. Oh, well, That's okay. where I'm getting, but... Uh, so, you know, but before I get out in D.C., I just sent old boy, you know, quick DM on Instagram. Like, hey, man, like, appreciate what you do for our people, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to be in D.C. I'm going to come check y'all out. You know, okay, right. and he was like, cool, man. Just stop by whenever time, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and what was so dope about this neighborhood I was in, it was this building. Uh, it's like a, they called it like the, the Art Community Center, right? Okay. And this building, supposedly, so it, it, I'm not sure if it was owned. I think it was owned by a black person or, or a black person's in the ownership, one of the two. Gotcha. And um, it was like multiple like black businesses in this, this little building, like a little commune. Right. It, it was dope. And so I uh, walked in there, Mahogany Books is on my left. You know, what went in, it was like, hey, what's going on, my blah, blah, blah. So, what's up, man? This and that. We got to rapping a little bit yeah. and uh, talking about a couple books. And like, it, it was, it was just, it's just like, it was just real dope just to see, you know, that, you know, somebody just, just genuinely that, you know, a black person genuinely yeah. that passionate about their business and whatnot, exactly. you know. And you were able to make that connection. Yeah, yeah. You know, bought some books from them and whatnot, and yeah. you know, gave them my info, and yeah. you know, and just build that network right, right there. Seems like a good experience. Yeah, it was right. awesome. Yeah, right. See, that's a very good plug, yeah, especially man. you know for so your check writer it, friends. Check them out, Mahogany Books. <laughs> Mahogany on IG. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it is on uh, on IG. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna follow them right after we get out of here. But yeah, definitely, I, I think that situations like yours not only need to happen more, but then. People telling stories about that need yeah, to happen more too, right? Because right. you might not necessarily run across this on, on Instagram. You you might not see an advertisement mm -hmm. about it. So word of mouth is the best thing. That's that's what worked for us before. So we got to stop relying on uh, I would I guess I would call it mainstream <laughs> advertising right, right. to to get our thing across. I mean, at the end of the day, we were able to communicate with so many people um, during the uh, you know during during slavery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, I, I hate to take it to this guy. I really hate talking about slavery, but I mean, that's, this is why the Underground Railroad worked because we were able to communicate under the radar, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think that this is still something that that needs to be done. Everything is not going to be everything not going to go through mainstream. Every every white major major white company is not going to push for you. So we have to push for ourselves. And a lot of times, sharing that information amongst each other is what we need. It's just like right now, this is a great information exchange right here. So even if you hadn't at, at any point, what if you just looked at, at the Instagram and you just like how they, they presence and you just happen to want to go meet them and you never bought a book? Right. We're still getting still blessed with this yeah. information. So somebody who's in D.C. right now can pull up physically to the uh, to the store or you can follow them on IG and purchase some books there. Like right. They got the knowledge now, mm -hmm. something they wouldn't have had even if you hadn't bought anything. Right. Like, this information is still valuable. And I think that's where people get lost on it. Like I see these these uh, posts all the time, and to be quite honest with you, I mean, I was doing that beforehand, but I think I did when I started seeing more of those posts, I started doing it more because I was like, yeah, maybe, let me do my part. Like, 
How hard is the cliche? Like, I mean, exactly. if you scroll it, is, right? you scroll it, just hit share. Yeah. It may bro. not be for me right now, but it might be for the next person. You <laughs> exactly. know, that's all it is. Information is valuable, though. So any way you can help, I think it's definitely it's definitely a, a way to go, whether you're purchasing or not. I, I think that's that's the scary thing about um, where we're headed and why I think sometimes it looks so dismal. Like, we're, we're not going to be able to, like, really, uh, quote, unquote, overcome um, because, because of that. I think it's... I think it's tough for us to really create unity. That's and that's crazy to say, right? Yeah, it's crazy to say. But I, I think I think our expectations are crazy too. So and, and what I mean by that, because I probably got a whole bunch of mm, I don't like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. and, and what I mean by that is this, right? So again, black people very diverse within our own culture. You know what I mean? Not everybody, not everything's gonna appeal to everybody. Not every, and not everybody's going to look at things the same way, same situations, or, or the fixes to those situations the same way. Right. So, like, do what you can. Again, like, I've said this before. <laughs> get, get your 10%, man. Do what you can within your circle, you know, and just, and, and just network and spread from there. You don't have to get everybody on board first. You don't have to have a 100% solution to start. Right. You know what I mean? We'll get there, but, like, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the expectation. You know, we want to see the whole picture laid out in front of us right now. And that's not going to happen. And that's never going to so happen. So that's why I think we got to adjust our expectations a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're waiting on that to happen, we're never going to get moved. Exactly. Definitely. Now, speaking of perceptions and everybody's perception being different, everybody tasting yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to try this. All right. So we're going to add good. a little bit of a pure leaf sweet tea uh, to the Jamesons. All right. So uh, Jameson has a, a, a pretty light taste as it is, so it's not too bitter. Uh, a little bit of this uh, sweet tea is going to change it up just a little bit. So if you're watching right now and you got sweet tea, or if you don't have sweet tea, you can run out later on and grab some. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're just going to put like a little, uh, just a little, yeah, just a little bit, not too much. That's my man Tony Beckford say, put let me dabble. Right, yeah, dabble, dabble in that right quick, a little dab, a little dabble in this boy. Yeah, so you add that yeah. in, and uh, you can see what the the taste is a little bit different. So it's just a little bit sweeter. Um, usually I have a little ice in it, so. Yeah, takes it down just a, a small notch, like not a lot. It's dangerous, cuz. Yeah, because it's, it's too small, right? Yeah, exactly cool. right. I so, want a little bite in it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. once you pour that in there, it's no bite. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's no bite I want to know, hey, hold up, cuz. <laughs> All right, you know. Yeah, those are the kind of drinks that yeah. sneak up on you. So, yeah, definitely give it a shot, man. Sweet tea. With the Jameson, it takes the uh, basically Straight all up. the bite out of it, yeah. but yeah, it's good though, right? right yeah. It actually tastes pretty good. You throw a, a couple of ice cubes in there, it's even better though. You on vacation, or you try to get you try to get us like turn up one night, right? Turn it's up, it's not even the way to go. Right, know? it is. It's a good way to go. Turn up, you know. It's a nice little uh, summertime drink too. I yeah. think it's nice, cool, and a little, you know, a little sweet, almost like a, a spiked uh, iced tea, almost. Almost, yeah, yeah, yeah almost yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So yeah, check that out, man. Throw I don't want to say spiked iced tea though, like with another dude just close to me. <laughs> right, I know. We took it a little too James far. Jameson was my ice tea in it, y'all. <laughs> right, right. Got a man back up, like, right, the J-Mo. The J-Mo, cuz. No, but <laughs> we can really wind it down, man, and finish, uh, finish our drink, though. But before we do that, man, I just want to uh, talk about, just a little bit before we get back out of here, about the Irish whiskeys and kind of like... I know this this is not your go to for real. Uh, Irish whiskey isn't so on a in a in a level or if you had to like grade uh, whiskeys, bourbons, scotches, like where would where would Irish whiskey like line up? 
Like if I had to give it a grade, yeah, it'd be about it'd be better. That's smooth, about like you know two point five, two point four. You know, okay. you know, not really showing off, but you know, you're yeah. doing enough. Not doing to, enough. Yeah, you know, you're doing <laughs> enough. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it anything? Is it anything that you would uh, like? Let me see. How do I don't want to ask this? <laughs> Basically, I just want to know as far as uh, as far as Irish whiskey. If it was between that and anything else, like is it anything else that you definitely wouldn't drink but would take the Jameson? Because it sounds like Jameson is, is like your last, it's, it's almost like it's your last on the list. Is it anything that you definitely wouldn't take? <laughs> my, the last on my list actually would probably yeah. be Jim Bean. Jim Bean. Yeah. That and would probably know, be the last on my list. And we haven't done Jim Bean. I'm not even sure we're going to do you might, I mean, we might have. You to. might be. I might have me. Maybe in season two. I might have me some Blantons over here while you doing the gym thing, because you know what I mean. <laughs> and real quick to say, it had nothing to do with Jameson, but we had a uh, we had a comment on uh, the first, uh, the very first episode about uh, uh, what was it, Jack uh, Jack Honey? Oh the honey yeah, Jack, right. And you and you completely got mad about this. So, what's your idea about the I honey want, jack? I want y'all. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell everybody this right now. Okay, <laughs> y'all ever see me drinking honey jack? Just drop whatever you do and, and, and just slap the shit off me right there. Okay. <laughs> what's wrong with honey jack? For me, everything. Everything. <laughs> I've had I've had it before. I've seen and, it uh, as more as, as a a girl drink. Yeah, like like the black girl, white claw, whatnot. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow, straight up though. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I had it before. It's it's, it's decent. Yeah. I, I mean, so so what's your take on flavored whiskeys? Period. Just not a way to go. Period. You can keep. No, I ain't gonna say not a way to go. For me, okay. I don't want nothing to do with it. nothing. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> All right, we go. Y'all might like it. Right. Go so for y'all it. might like it. Go me? for it. Uh. I don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> All right, man. I guess we gonna go ahead because he ain't fooling around with no flavor whiskey. So mm -hmm. obviously, flavor whiskey would be uh, on the on the bottom shelf for him. So we ain't gotta worry about that. We ain't being crib, bro. <laughs> right. All right. So look, this is your thing, man. If you uh, if you've had whiskeys and bourbons before, and you're just getting into Irish whiskey, I I, I would think that Jameson would be uh, ideal yeah. for yeah. A, a first time tryout with the uh, with the Irish whiskey. I agree. Um, it's it's not too strong, so you really don't have to put ice in it. But if you do put ice in it. Um, don't put too much because I, I I feel like the 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 uh, taste isn't strong enough to right. withstand a lot of ice. And then I, second of all, you're gonna like get white girl wasted because yeah. you don't notice the taste. You ain't gonna notice exactly. <laughs> That's definitely something that can happen with that. So you got to be careful. Now also too in the summertime or even the wintertime like it is currently, um, go ahead and uh, try a couple of drops of uh, sweet tea into it. Uh, mm -hmm. Put some sweet tea in and a couple That's of cubes dope. of ice, and it's, it's pretty dope. It's a nice little chill drink, you know what I'm saying? So you can have that. Uh, if you just don't, if you don't want to turn all the way up, just have one or two glasses. <laughs> if you have more than that, then I'm pretty sure you go all the way turn up. So be careful. Uh, always drink responsibly. All right. So that's something we hadn't said in the past three episodes. Oh yeah. But right now, definitely always. Yes, always like, drink responsibly. Uber, lift. <laughs> right, lift all of that. Checker stuff. cab, whatever. Checker cab. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, man, we up out of here, man. I want to thank everybody who checked us out today. Beers, bourbon. Whiskey, dog. Everybody loves BBW. That's what I do. I'm <laughs> drinking, I know things. Right. You already know what it is, man. Thanks for checking this out, man. Till the next time, my man Bo is in the building. I see. And of course, man, it's your boy Q Lewis. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, leave comments. We'll talk about it next time, dog. Till the next time, y'all. Everyone loves BBW. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer. 